Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 332 of the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah, how stinky are your kids this week? Uh, well, medium, medium stinky, medium stinky. <laughs> okay. Is that an improvement? Uh, no, it is a constant okay. state three, three children, you know, someone is bound to be stinky. Um, we are talking about keeping our kids. I don't know, medium stinky, a slightly less stinky this week. We're talking about house rules for kid hygiene. And this has become quite a popular series, Megan, in the last few months. It's really fun. So if you're brand new and just joining us, House Rules episodes are where we pull the audience ahead of time and we get all of your genius ideas for solving a particular parenting challenge um, or simplifying um, in your house, giving a shorthand to something that maybe brings up you know, the same little power struggle every time. And I think kid hygiene, this is like where House Rules really shine because kids are born to push boundaries, right? Like most kids do not want to get in the bath. Some kids want to and don't want to get out of the bath. Um, Some kids want to hold the nozzle sprayer. And like, it's just, it can be quite a lot of little micro battles between parent and kid and having house rules, I think around things like hand washing, bath time, hair brushing, ponytail routine, um, just sort of takes that decision fatigue away from mom all the time. Like, is it a bath night? Is it not? And I've just grown to really love these, many of them very arbitrary rules, like in our house, when you turn eight blank, and those are just my favorite. And we got so many good ones from our, from our listeners. We did. And I love the, I love the idea of house rules around hygiene, because I think that this is one of those areas where I've tried to be as matter of fact as possible with my kids, because the fact is everyone's bodies left to their own devices will become dirty and smelly and perhaps offensive to others. And I, I don't really want there to be um, a lot of subjectivity around it in my house, like the kind that can create discomfort or shame. I'd much rather have it just be like really straightforward, like 
This is what bodies do. This is why there's a house rule. I blame the house. It's the house rule. Yeah. Um, you know, go take your bath or whatever exactly. it is. And so, yeah. And, and again, like this is one of those where we have huge range of like how often people want their kids to bathe or like, you know, what method of toothbrushing or how much they want to oversee it. So like always, we're not here to try to tell you what's right or wrong or like that we think your kids should take a bath every Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and, you know, every other Sunday or something like that. It's more like once you decide um, yes. what the rule is, it just takes so much of the work and second guessing and, and sometimes just like the tension out of it, mm-hmm. I think, for things like this. So we put the ask out on our Facebook page um, to get kid hygiene rules from the community. And we got some really funny responses. We got some really smart responses. I guess I'm just always so, you know, pleased by how smart and resourceful uh, our listener community is. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Okay, Megan, we're back and we're going to dive right into the bathtub with our dirty children. (laughs) I mean, maybe not surprisingly, a ton of the house rules that came through 
and really from parents of kids of all ages were about the frequency of bathing and the kind of schedule or order or, or even when morning versus night. And then even within the bathing ritual, like what do you do? Do you, sh- do you shampoo first? Do you play second? So we just got like a whole bunch of house rules that all fall under, like let's solve this once for our family, what works best. And then, then there's no discussion every time. And that's what I love about yeah. it. Yeah. We actually got a lot of rules about like mapping out your kid's bath or shower schedule by days of the week and then creating that consistency that we talked about that takes that mental load off of mom. Then we don't have to be re- like remembering when was the last time. We know when the last time was because the house rule tells us. So right. the first one I'm going to share came from Brittany. She says, um, I have three young kids. So every night we rotate who gets a bath. All weekday baths are quick baths, meaning there is no time to play. And the water continues to run down the drain as mom bathes. You know, that's serious. Brittany. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> If your bath night falls on a Saturday, you get a long bath with a bath bomb. And I just love that that makes that um, that makes the Saturday bath something really special and like yeah. not something to be kind of taken for granted. And then just the image of like the water going down the drain <laughs> as a kid is trying to play on the, you know, the verboten uh, weeknight bath. It just kind of makes me do this evil mom chuckle. I kind of love, love it. it. It's like it's like, <laughs> nope, we are not here to play. Brittany, right. Brittany did not come to play during bath time. Well, as someone with three kids, I like that one because um, rotating with three kids can be hard. It's not, you can't do even days, odd days. You can't do every other one. Um, but what I like is if if she stays in that three kid rotation, everyone will get a Saturday within like the three weeks, right? So like it's right. not it it uh, solves itself like mathematically. It's a beautiful math yeah. problem. Um, well, this one comes from Allison and Allison's family. They call it self care Sundays. Every Sunday, you take a shower or bath with soap and shampoo, then cut your fingernails and toenails and floss your teeth. The showers aren't usually a problem, but a designated day ensures that the nails and teeth are getting done at least once a week and the nails are easier right out of the water. So this is also really smart. I've always done um, fingernails and toenails after a bath also, but I I didn't tie it to a specific rhythm or day. Um, And I love that that also allows for quick baths, like, like Brittany's suggestion during the week, but you know that your self-care Sunday is going to be, it's like when you go to the car wash, it's like, do you want the quick one or do you want like right. the full package? So her self-care Sundays, yeah, <laughs> yeah. her self-care yeah. Sundays are the full package, which I love. I love that one because, um, Allison put a name to something that I did just sort of by accident for a long time. And maybe naming it would have made my kids go along with it more readily. Um, because Sundays were always the day where I'd look at them and be like, man, you're filthy. Oh crap. There's school tomorrow. Um, and like, we're getting back to real life tomorrow. So we really need to get on this tonight. And, and Sunday afternoons always just kind of felt leisurely. Like we had lots of time. And so that was typically the day we would do like the long leisurely bath with like the cutting of the fingernails and toenails, unless Owen crept away and chewed them off. But you know, it, it was kind <laughs> of the day we defaulted to, and I think it would have been really fun to set that up as a, like a thing we do. Yeah. I love um, it. the next one I have is from Dana. Dana says my oldest son had terrible eczema as a baby. So baths were on Sundays and Wednesdays. I'm going to assume that's because she didn't want to bathe them very often. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a strategy for eczema. We started having Italian sausage and pasta on Wednesdays when both boys would make a huge mess and into the bath they went. Now my oldest gets upset and sometimes annoyed if we don't have sauce and noodles on Wednesday nights. I love tying the food to the bath. That is so genius. I love it so much. Um, I also, just in case anyone needs validating, I bathed my little children no more than twice a week. 
um, for many years and they weren't stinky. They weren't um, playing in the mud. We often were in a swimming pool and that counted. So I don't know if anyone needs validation for twice a week bathers. Like we don't need to get into a big debate about it, but I rocked that for many years until, you know, puberty, pre-puberty for my older kids. Um, and it worked fine for us. I did have a kid with eczema and that is a, that is a note, but I don't think you need to, you don't need a note from your doctor to just, uh, bathe your kids <laughs> twice a week if that works for yeah. you. So. And, and I will also just add on to that to say that we were more frequent bathers for most of my kids' childhood, but that was because I liked putting them in the bath because it was like a break for me and yep. it, and it kept them busy. So it really wasn't about them being dirty, um, or needing it. It was kind of like, I want you to be in the bath now. So, so like, that's I, legit too. That is totally legit. And I, I almost feel like I had two phases. I had that phase when they were like five, three and one, but once yeah. the older two were more like eight and six, and then I had only one bath taking toddler who really actually, cause she has FOMO about everything. She didn't want to be in the bath. The older kids were likely doing showers or doing their own. So it like, it kind of, I had that for years and then it kind of fell apart and twice a week was all we could manage for a while. So um, well, this comes from Renee, who has four kids, and I, I feel like you moms of four or more have the most locked in house rules because you kind of have to. So stay with me on this one, Megan. It's another math problem. On odd days, odd birth order kids can do baths, and even days, even birth order kids can do baths, meaning like first and third kid go on the days of the month that are like the, you know, the odd days, and the second and fourth kid go on the even days. And with four kids, this worked well. So um, again, solving for what works for your family, that wouldn't necessarily work if you had three kids or two kids. So Sarah, would that require that I knew what day of the month it is? Um, yes, it does require, you know, what day of the month it is, what the date on the calendar says. So it might not work for you if you're not date oriented. <laughs> well, maybe it would help me stay on track. Um, sometimes I will admit there are long periods of time where I'm not sure what the date is, but I could, I could figure that out. That's true. <laughs> All right. Well, we also got rules around when in the day kids take their bath or shower. So, Megan, I was going to ask you, it seems like given what we hear about like routines around bath and bedtime that everybody's doing baths or showers in the evening. Um, But I'm curious from your perspective, was that always the case when you had five little kids? And then at some point, did your older kids and teens start showering in the morning? Like, how did that work for you? Um, well, I think I've actually talked on the show before about how when I was working outside the home, my older two always yes. took baths in the morning first thing. Yeah. That was just a great part of our routine. And then um, that definitely fell by the wayside when our when I added more kids and mornings felt busier. So we shifted then to like, and also we didn't need to get up and get moving in the morning in quite the same way. Um, but yeah, I would say they definitely like babies, toddlers, preschoolers were bathing at night. And then for, for me, it's really been kid dependent. Some of my kids still prefer to shower at night and some of them don't seem to have a preference. They just shower whenever they feel like they want to shower. Mm-hmm. So, um, like for example, Clara's 12, she does not like to get up early. So I can't really ever see her shifting into someone who takes an early morning shower unless Unless she gets real concerned about her hair. Yeah. And you know how like showering in the morning adds like a whole nother level of prep on and stuff like that. So I don't know. Right now, I would say it's pretty split like the uh, and then Will, you know, is in um, he's in football. So he gets home at night and gets right in the shower. He may shower again in the morning if he feels like he needs to get a hair refresh or something. But it's kind of all over the place. I'm not sure that there was really a a predictable transition. Yeah. And for us, um, we're still evening. 
we pretty much always were evening. Although I, you know, I occasionally like tossing the kids in the bath after they got dirty at the park or something in the afternoon. But aside from that, it's always been kind of a pre bedtime thing. Sometimes on a Sunday, if they all need to bathe on a Sunday, I'll just tell them in the morning, like, guys, you don't have to wait till Sunday night. There's, we're having a relaxing Sunday. Somebody go take a shower and like somebody right, just, will just, just do it. But it's like, right. yeah, cause we are really, it's really baked into evening routine. So I have to really be like, Hey, what, doesn't it make sense? Like, wouldn't one of you like to get this out off your list now? And then tonight you can be watching football or whatever. And they will, but I don't have any morning showerers, um, now at the ages my kids are. And like you said, with hair and morning rush, I'm not sure that that's on the horizon for us. Um, but I have to say, I think this rule from Jen, and we got it from a couple people, is genius. Jen says the twins take their showers right after school instead of before bed. This started last summer when daycare reopened after the initial COVID shutdown, but then they've held on to it. So, like, I don't know why that feels mind blowing to me, but a few other people said that yeah. as well that after school, they're they get clean, they reset, they're in clean clothes, and then you're not doing it right before bed. So I thought that was great. Well, and we've talked before, Sarah, about how sometimes like that after school period is a great time to get all kinds of stuff done, like packing lunches for the next day, for example, if you're not a morning person or prep, like meal prep, like that right after, there's a lot of energy around that right after school time period. And even if you're an early to bed, cranky evening mom type person, like someone I may (laughs) know, you're probably still kind of going strong at like three o'clock, four o'clock, you know, that you haven't hit that. You're not on the downside yet, um, the downswing yet. So I think that doing stuff right after school like that, um, it, it just gets it out of the way. That's great. Yeah. I also love this from Kelly, which is a much more intuitive uh, go with the flow. She says, mom smells you at night. And if you stink, you get a shower. I love this because, like I said, about just being kind of matter of fact about the fact that bodies do these things. I have really liked that approach um, with my kids. And I'm like that with my nieces and nephews. Like, it's just very... There's no like disapproval in it. I'm not mad at you because you smell like an onion, which I think Jenna and I have decided is what preteen girls smell like. They smell like <laughs> onions. It's just a really specific odor. Um, but they all know they all smell like onions and like they laugh about it. Like they like there's this sort of comfort with the fact that we all our bodies all do these things and it's not like so prim and proper and now you need to be ashamed of it. Um, and I just when I was thinking about Kelly's remark, I was thinking I am now down to one kid who has to be reminded. I never have to remind any more than one of my kids. And with Clara, it's more that her hair just starts to look a little not great. And I'll usually just say, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't really have like a super bad body odor like that, but she just, she, besides that slightly oniony smell that all adolescent (laughs) girls get, I think. Um, And boys smell a little bit like goats. It's just how it is. But I, I will just look at her and go, you know, I think your hair could use a refresh. Why don't you grab a shower? And she's kind of getting vain. So for her, knowing that if she takes a shower and washes her hair really well, she's going to get out and have better hair is a motivator for her. So it's Mm -hmm. like you might need to like zero in on your kid's specific motivator. Yeah. And another thing about the older kids and older tweens and teens I think moms of littles get really smart with all the fun stuff in the bath, the bath bombs and the bath crayons and the toys. And I have for sure fallen down on the job of making sure my tweens and teens have their own version of special things to make a a bathing ritual nice. And I think a little can go a long way, like a, a conditioner that they love the smell of, or like I sometimes can go a while without realizing like they need a new hairbrush or like something's not, they'll forget to tell me something that like, it's not draining very fast in there. So I guess like 
that's something I try to be on top of as a mom is like, you're sending them in there. You're no longer hands-on washing them anymore. But I think there are little things you can do. Um, I've let Violet take some music into the bathroom and listen to music while she showers, things like that, that just kind of make it um, fun or special because, you know, even big kids and tweens don't like to stop what they're doing and take a shower. So. Right. Yeah. And yes, I have found that like, um, even if, you know, even though I have many multiple kids, I have found that giving each of them a product that's just for them, like Claire, I got you this tea tree oil shampoo because I know that that's going to be good for your hair because it's thick and a little greasy. And when I was your age, this was a good shampoo for me or like, you know, just kind of letting them know that I've like thought about their unique needs. Owen is obsessed with his hair right now. He's almost 16 and he's got like feather hair. It's like feathers. It's so light, but he really wants it to be like curly and uh-huh. it kind like it kind of it, it's almost curly but it's like this feathery wave and he really really wants like a thick head of curly hair and he's kind of obsessed so I'll buy him like thickening shampoos and be like Aww. try this I don't know and we have we talk about his hair a lot actually um but it's just like they all have like teenagers and preteens especially just they all have their little vanity moments mm-hmm. and I think it's nice to indulge those sometimes so we also got some rules about like the order of what happens once your kids are in the bath. And I could see this being like really a, a lifesaver when um, your kids are little enough that they could fritter away, fritter away all that time playing and then never actually like clean behind their ears. Yeah. And meanwhile, you're standing there like, OK, this has been great, but I got stuff to do. You know, I got to watch you. And this is like um, this is kind of cutting into my evening activities here. So. Rebecca says, my daughter thinks the only use for the bathtub is to play with bubbles. So no bubbles or toys are added until hair and body have been cleaned. I think that's genius, especially because a lot of kids don't like to have their hair washed. And if it's an incentive to get that out of the way, so then you can get to the cleaning. I could see that being, you know, a big uh, motivator. I think I should have done that. This is like so many times with these house rules. I'd be like, yep, I didn't do that. And I would have saved me a lot of like five more minutes and then I'll wash right. hair. Like, I don't want to wash my, yeah. Th- then the whole bath turns into a negotiation about washing hair, which is no fun. Um, Laura said the same thing. She said soap and shampoo happen first in the tub. And this is what I love about what she said this way. I can declare bath over the moment the chaos starts, which is so true, right? Like sometimes they'll play in there happily, especially if it's a couple siblings in there, they'll play happily for a long time. And it's a wonderful part of your day or someone has to poop or someone like the right. fighting starts. And so if you do well, the- what a bummer when the poop happens and you're like, but I didn't even wash your hair right. yet. Exactly. <laughs> yes. no, yeah. That will change the trajectory yeah. of your entire evening. <laughs> a poop in the tub. <laughs> sure will. So yeah. um, doing the shampoo and the soaping first, it just means that like, this might be one of those quick baths that we heard about early in the show, or this might want to be one, be one of those long ones with bubbles and playtime, but it doesn't matter because we got done what we need to get done. So that's super smart. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. 
and the Willa slip-on flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa slip-on flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, jumping back into the hygiene rules from listeners. We got a lot of them around when the kids enter the home, um, like after school or maybe when you're coming back from a, an outing of some sort. Um, around hand washing, and then what about taking shoes off? So Leah says, wash hands as soon as you come in from school. Get those school germs out of here. I'd love that. Tammy says, home from school means hands in soap. I like that that's just like a little mantra. Like a little, yes. It's like a poem. Home from school means hands in soap. Just sounds like it would be so easy. And um, Nikki says, shoes off at the door and hands washed before doing anything. And I know um, that like the shoes off at the door is like, that's another cultural thing that we could go into lots of details about. And I have lived in homes. So I didn't grow up in a home that was like a strictly shoes off home. Um, I have been in living environments where shoes off was the expectation. I I visit people who have very different ideas about that. And then as a result, my approach to shoes off in the home has changed like almost seasonally. Like sometimes I'm really over my kids to take the shoes off at the door every time they come in. And sometimes I'm more relaxed about it. I wonder, I just wonder if anybody else finds themselves in that, in that boat where it's like, I'd like to make them take them off, but then sometimes I don't want to, because like, I just want to run in to grab something off the counter and I want to leave my shoes on and not feel weird and guilty about it. So I don't know, Sarah, do you have like, no, I'm, I'm that. I'm very much in your same boat. I certainly see the hygienic reasons for it. I know there are cultural, traditional reasons for it, and I applaud them all. I've never been able to get a handle on it in my own house. And my own behavior, like you said, is very idiosyncratic. Like it depends on what kind of shoes I'm wearing, how long I'm going to be home. Um, And I do think your weather and your region have like play a big part. I will say I lived for five years. We lived in a house in Arizona that had a significant scorpion problem. And I didn't ever want to be barefoot ever. Um, And I didn't even want my children barefoot. And that was that was in our formative years. And it was really it was quite traumatic, honestly. Um, And scorpions are no joke for especially for little kids and babies. So, yeah, that changed 
changed things. And I think those were the years when I got pretty into having like house slippers or house shoes. And so I like something on my feet at all times in my home. And it's usually slippers or flip flops. Um, And so I guess I feel like I haven't found a consistent enough rhythm with myself to then even begin to enforce it with my family. But I'm, I, I love it when other people do it. I'm no problem with it. Yeah. Well, we have like a big shoe pile at the front door and by looking at the size of the shoe pile, there is evidence that most of the time, if someone is settling in, they take their shoes off at the door and then put on slippers or socks or nothing, whatever it is their, their preference. Um, but I also think that if someone is like rushing in or just going to come in just far enough to like go in the kitchen and drop something off, they're not taking their shoes off. And I will admit, sometimes I'm a little conflicted because I'm like, well, so they're bringing in germs from outside, but then we're all kind of walking around on the floor with bare feet. Anyway, like I, I don't know how effective it actually is at keeping dirt off of our feet, which now that we don't have babies putting their hands in their mouths and crawling, I'm assuming the dirt's not making its way to my mouth anyway. So (laughs) it feels like, I feel like I'm arbitrary because I don't really know how, how I feel about it as a practice, like as a practice that does anything. It's more about, it's like about sensibility to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say Eric does not, he's a shoes off at the door person because he has like shiny wood floors and we live in a really sandy area. We're like in a beach town and he really hates like getting grit mm-hmm. on the floor. So to me, that's like, oh, okay, I get it. Like you don't There's want sand reason, scratching right. up your floor, but I don't know that I feel super paranoid about germs on my floor. And I have to share that like one thing that I do kind of have one of those mom freakouts about is if my kids wear socks outside, like just sock feet. But then Mm -hmm. yesterday I was doing something in my driveway and I was wearing like thick wool socks and I don't really like to like slip slide on shoe. I haven't gotten my boots and stuff out yet. Mm -hmm. I was just going to run outside into my driveway for a minute and I walked all over my driveway in my, my wool socks and I kind of perversely loved it. (laughs) So I don't know. Like I'm so inconsistent about this. I, I don't know. I I can't land anywhere, but I appreciate that this is a big deal for other people. And I like that there's rules around it. Well, and if there's any time, (laughs) if there's any time to establish these house rules with small kids, like now is the time. So maybe you didn't grow up as a shoes off household, but you've aspired, um, your, your preschool and early elementary age kids are those kids who are primed for routines and rituals. And, and if they're going to school or daycare outside the house, they already, they, they know those rituals like in their bones, you hang up your backpack here, you put your lunch here. So I think it's a great opportunity to establish those things, even if it isn't the, the family of origin you grew up in. So go for it. I think it's too late for you and me, Megan, but others can. Oh my gosh. Okay. Speaking of too late and hand-washing, I just have to share one other, this is like mortifying. Um, (laughs) the other day I was making dinner and It was one of those kind of rare occasions when dinner was almost ready to be served and all of the kids living at home were all in the kitchen at the same time. Usually it's like they kind of trickle in and out and I'm like shouting directions and like calling them to the table, but it's kind of a little more piecemeal. And one of my kids, I'm not going to name the kid, but this kid was old enough. Well, they're all old enough to know better, said, since when do we wash our hands before we eat? And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and and I honestly was so flummoxed. I was like, I've been telling you to wash your hands before you eat your entire life. Have you not been doing it this whole time? And he kind of shrugged and went, well, I don't know. No, I mean, I, I just wash them after I go to the bathroom. And then I started rethinking everything because in my mind's eye, now I'm going back 
to this kid being kind of like the late straggler, like the one who kind of flew under the radar. And somehow when I was doing that, like big family before meal, you just kind of holler out directions. Like everybody wash wash your hands, everybody, but you're not paying very close attention to whether anyone's doing it, but they're old enough that you're not actually helping them anymore. Somehow this kid has been slipping under the radar for more than a decade and apparently never ever washes his hands before he eats. And I was just like, I don't even know what to say to you right now. Just just sit down, wash your hands and then sit down. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, we're going to move on to teeth brushing, but I have a complimentary story to that that involves teeth brushing. So I'll save it for just a moment, but that is so funny. Um, all right. Well, we got some great rules about managing the toothbrushing process, um, obviously to keep teeth clean and also to kind of like manage the sibling dynamics that happen yeah. um, when multiple children are trying to brush their teeth at the same time, possibly. So Brittany says kids brush their own teeth in the morning, but grownups brush their teeth at night. And we also, we had several people say this, and this has been the rule in my house as well. Um, It works well because I will get um, chewed out by the dentist for kids who have plaque and, you know, some tartar buildup. My kids are genetically lucky in that they have not had cavities and most of that comes down to genetics. So we haven't had cavities, but I know what tartar buildup looks like and how it gets there. And they definitely need parental help. But the morning and night split has been good for us um, for a long time. And here's my funny story about that is their kids are supposed to brush their teeth in the morning on their own. And it's always on their morning checklist. And we're always saying it. But exactly like you say, Megan, sometimes, you know, that's why we do it at night, because just in case it has slipped through the cracks. So my dad was a dentist in the first part of his career. And then he left private practice and he went on to do other things, but he is, he is a dentist, a licensed, or he was at one time a licensed dentist. And he always cares about the kid's teeth. And when my kids would stay at my parents' house, they would say things like on multiple occasions, he'd be like, okay, go brush your teeth in the morning. And they'd be like, we don't brush our teeth in the morning. And my dad would look at me like, I'm like, they do. Like they, we, I, they I, so I do. And I, it happened on multiple occasions. So it wasn't just once, but like, Two years later, the same thing would happen. One kid would look up and be like, why is grandpa asking us to brush our teeth? We don't brush our teeth in the morning. Like, Yes, yes, we do. I think it's when, because you were the one in charge of it, they probably had no idea what was going on or like what time of day it was or anything. And they're, and like in their minds, you know, it's like, you know how their, their sense of time is all like all (laughs) off. And it's so, um, it's so like self-centered really the way kids register time. It's like, when is it time for me to do what I want? Versus time for me to do what I don't want. But it's really not really centered to them to like a time of day. That's I true. I can see. And also, but- um, I mostly when we are telling them to brush their teeth in the morning, it's on a school morning when it's part of getting yeah. out the door. And I could see my dad doing it on some like lazy Saturday morning and the kids are sleeping over there. And they're like, what? Who's this guy what, talking what? about teeth right. brushing? Like, who's so. this dentist? Tell <laughs> I know. What does this guy know? And every single time yeah. my dad looks at me like, what? And I'm like, no, I swear we try. Um, so yes, kids in the morning, parents at night has worked well in our house um, for a long time. And then Katie has solved the problem of multiple kids trying to brush their teeth and spit into the sink at the same time, which sounds like a big mess. So she says only one kid per sink during toothbrushing, which is very smart. One thing I did this fall was buy identical toothbrushes in the same color for each kid, because my kids like forget which toothbrush is theirs, even though this is, they're very smart children. So I declared a color and I bought identical toothbrushes and I put the same three toothbrushes in three different, we have two little half baths. 
Because for the same reason, now my kids want privacy. They'll close the door and someone can't get in to brush their teeth because someone else is going to the bathroom. So now it's like, go find your pink toothbrush. It exists in three different locations. Don't, don't tell me that like you can't get into the bathroom. So that helped me this fall. I have had on many, like more than I would like to count occasions, found out that my kids were using a sibling's toothbrush because they weren't paying attention, even though yeah. they were color coded, they weren't paying attention. And of course with five kids, eventually you kind of run out of colors. Like you have That's to just, like go to start getting different brands. So I actually write their initials in Sharpie yeah, on their good. toothbrushes. Um, but yes, like I can remember the look on one's face when he was like, my, my toothbrush is wet, but I know I didn't use it today because I was gone last <laughs> night. And I'm like, what do you mean? And then his other brother just has this look on his face like, that's your toothbrush. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not as bad as my kids not brush, brushing their teeth at all. Like yours, Sarah, but right, I know, I know. <laughs> everybody knows your kids don't brush their teeth. I yeah, love it. I love it's it. It's morning business. <laughs> Well, we got a, another just like collection of a random, a random assortment of kid hygiene tips that I'll touch on real quick. I love this one from Brianna. It is no naked butts on the furniture. That just solves so many potential problems and ick factors. And so I am totally with you on that one, Brianna. Um, Renee says toilet seat is always put down because sisters and pets. I appreciate that. Of course, that means they should, if they're boys, they should put the toilet seat down after they pee. Not yeah. during or before, because then that doesn't help anything. Um, man, I've lived through that. And um, Lori says, no dirty clothes in bed. So even if you wore pajamas all day, you change before bed. And then what the, the kids change into is up to them, either clean pajamas or clean clothes for the next day, which, you know, Sarah's one of our genius yeah. tips, uh, like life hacks is just let kids wear clean clothes to bed. And then they roll out of bed in the morning and um, just get off to their days with a lot less muss and fuss. And, and I just love the idea of keeping the bed clean. It, it means so much less sheet washing for you and mm-hmm. it's more comfortable and hygienic for them. And, um, that's a great, I just love, I love any rule around making bedtime easier and more comfy for everybody. Well, yeah. And if you are, if you're still in the phase of tiny kids and you are putting, you know, cute ducky pajamas on your clean children every night, this, this whole category of like, how dirty can your clothes be when you climb into bed probably seems like, Oh my gosh, like what is even happening? But I will say that the the role of pajamas changes a lot as kids get older. They start to wear clothes that are very comfortable. A lot of times like the athletic material, shorts and T-shirts. Um, if it's springtime or summertime, it, it may seem your kids may think, why do I need to put on pajamas, mom? And I've had these discussions with my kids like my pajamas are just exactly like my regular clothes. So I think having a boundary like like Lori says, is no dirty clothes in bed. And my, in my house rule, I'm a little more flexible on the weekend, depending on when they last change their clothes. But I have a hard rule about you don't, you don't go to bed wearing the clothes you wore to school. So like, that's, that's where I draw the line on weekends. Sometimes they sleep in, they wear their pajamas or they don't, my kids don't sleep in, you know what I mean? They, they stay in their pajamas like half the day. And then they put on clean shorts and a t-shirt I would probably let them sleep in that on a Saturday night, but we have a hard and fast rule about you don't sleep in the clothes you wore to school. Cause in my mind, it's like they wore those out into the dirty world and you're not getting in bed in those. But I just, I just wanted to bring it up that I think that would have sounded like even a foreign conversation to me when I was still actively putting my kids in clean pajamas every night, but it changes. It does. And and I will say we are on the other side now of me having a lot of control over what my kids do in their bedrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and some of that means I have to kind of take a step back from like having that control. I think with Clara, I could I still make suggestions. She still mostly listens. But like I'm not up in Owen and Will's room at night asking what they're wearing to bed. And and I don't yeah. know that it would be it wouldn't feel necessarily appropriate for me at 15 and 17. Like they know my preferences, but like it's kind of their choice. And the other tricky thing is their clothes all look exactly the same to me. I cannot mm-hmm. honestly tell the difference between Owen's pajamas and Owen's clothes that he wears to school. I suspect they're one and the same. Yeah. I think he just kind of wears joggers everywhere and t-shirts. So it becomes like, it's okay. I think to start letting go of that a little bit, like to have the rule and to, and to, for your kids to know, like how you feel about it, but to then start realizing at some point, unless you're going to go in and pull the covers back and look at them and, and you know, check on them or stay up as late as them. Um, every yeah. night it's, it becomes really hard to do. And there does need to be a, a, a gradual backing off. Yeah. Yeah. So that reminds me, I have a funny recent story that developed into kind of a house rule. And this, again, file this under like, you don't always know what house rules you're going to need for older kids and tweens and teens when you're in the little years. But I do all the laundry normally. And so I notice all the things in the laundry. And two of my three children, I will not name names. I was getting full baskets of laundry. So maybe six or seven days worth of clothes. And I asked the kids at a family meeting, I was like, so if I'm washing a full basket of laundry that is six or seven days worth of days and nights worth of clothes, how many pairs of dirty underwear should be in that basket? And they were like, it was like a math problem. And they were like, uh, 12. I'm like, yeah, if you're changing your underwear twice a day, it would be 12, 13 minimum. You should be changing your underwear once every 24 hours. Like I'll even meet you halfway there. So I should not be getting a full basket of dirty clothes with like three pairs of underwear in there because it just means you're not changing your underwear often enough. And even going back to the showering thing, I think some of my children will, they'll take a towel into the bathroom, they'll shower and they'll clean their body and wash their hair but they might be putting on the same, depending on what time of day it is and what they're doing next, they might be putting on the same outfit. And yeah. I, that's not been like a, it's not a bone that I've picked with them because they're clean and maybe they hadn't, maybe they'd only had that outfit on for a couple of hours or something. So it's not, I'm not going to micromanage, but I can see how that, and they're only showering maybe every other day, like they're not changing their underwear enough. And so right. everyone was totally embarrassed. And I was like, not calling out names. And I was like, if you would like to not have this conversation about underwear ever again, (laughs) then I should just start noticing minimum one to two pairs of underwear per day of clothes come through the laundry. And then I will not bring this up again. And I will tell you, Megan, the situation has improved. I love it. Kids do not like to be called out on those types. I mean, they get very embarrassed after a while. So no one wanted to talk about underwear. They didn't want to be around their siblings talking about underwear and changing clothes. And so it was, it was quite effective and it has been, yeah, I have noticed an improvement. I love that. And I love how much moms like stealthily learn <laughs> via the evidence of yeah. the, like, like for me, for example, I have a kid who I feel like I wash 17,000 pairs of underwear a week <laughs> for this person. And then the other one, it's like three yeah. and I'm like, well, something's going on here. And you know, so like, there are some kids who s- seem to never have clean clothes to wear. And yet they're also not sending clothes through. Yeah. So where are the clothes going? There's just, we get so many clues, but they're like incomplete clues. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it so, it's so mysterious. Like being a mom, it's like, it's like being a, it's like being Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. So funny. 
Well, listeners, thank you all so much for the genius house rules around kid hygiene. Um, A great place to get more of this kind of advice or crowdsourcing is our listener Facebook group which we can link to in the show notes. Um, that tends to be a place where people people ask these questions all the time, not just in preparation for our house rules episodes, but people will say like, what's everybody doing for bedtime lately? Or how's everybody handling the time change that's coming up? And so mm. um, the Facebook group is uh, just a really good place to get other get an idea of what other families are doing. And I'm excited because our next house rules episode is going to be about Halloween next month. I love this because this is one of those things at first I was like, oh, I didn't have any house rules about Halloween. And then I started to think about all the things that go along with Halloween, like who do you get to trick or treat with? Where do you get to buy your costume? Um, How far in advance do you have to give mom costume ideas? Like there's a lot to think about with Halloween and a lot of like those rules that just kind of end up part of your family culture. So this will well, be a fun not one. to mention what about like Halloween night? Like you get home with a bag yeah. of candy. There's there's people with like I mean, some people are giving the whole entire bag to the candy fairy and trading it for a toy. Other people are like eating unlimited amounts of candy every day. Like that's like a whole we'll have to save half the episode for just how we handle like uh, administering the candy or allowing them to just candy administration. Did did you ever think in your life that your one of your job descriptions would be candy administrator? No, I didn't. (laughs) And boy, welcome to motherhood. Boy, is it welcome to fall because from now, from pre Halloween through Valentine's day, it's pretty much an ongoing discussion of like, can I eat that one piece of chocolate that I brought home three days ago from school that you said I couldn't have? And I don't know. It's just an ongoing, ongoing negotiation. All right. Well, this was fun. Thanks again, everybody. And Megan, I will talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, -K E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by The Essential Calendar. Sarah, this is our favorite calendar for busy moms because it's beautiful and simple design shows around three months at a time. Yeah. And with summer fast approaching, now is a great time to get the essential calendar and see what I've been raving about all these years. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash the mom hour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash the mom hour.